seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. Summertime and the living's easy. Happy summer, Rohit. Welcome to this episode of The Hopeless Show. Yes, I believe this is episode Quince y Trace. Wait, That's quince French fif- for 53. Oh, yeah. Did I, just, did I just mix up French and Spanish? I think, I don't know. No, no, toi is, is French. Toi, right. Tres, tres. Uno, dos, tres. So Quince y Trace, I think is 53. Um, I would that hope so. That seems right. Yeah, because I'm going to be spending some time in Spain coming up, and we'll talk about that later this episode. But um, yeah, as long as I know my numbers and my directions, and I remember all that stuff from high school, I should hopefully be okay. Um, But if I order quince tres or something, I really hope it's 53 and not 503 or whatever. Well, just to dive into that for a second, because we're not known, go to your favorite language podcast for this info. But isn't a quinceañera when a girl turns 16? You're right. So that's a 15. So quince means 15. So once, doce, trece, catorce, quince. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I, we need knows. submissions to help. We're going to have to look. look. We're going to move yeah. on to our next topic because we don't know what we're talking about right now. <laughs> Regardless, trying. welcome to episode 53. After a couple week break, we are back. And Aaron, kick we're- it off. We're back, and we both uh, had a hiatus. We uh, we were on uh, different parts of the country, and now we're back in town and ready to bring you a pretty crazy show because a lot's happened since we've been gone. We'll talk a little bit about a few experiences we had while we're gone, plus everything. Man, this episode is rife, rife with, with content, everything from the big uh, mask thing that just went down to uh, to Charlie Sheen to Bill Cosby. Wow, we're, we're taking some... And, and oh, and we have a, a pseudo guest, kind of, in Adam Schiff. Congressman Schiff will be joining us, sort of. So everyone has that to sort of be excited about. Or to be very excited about sort of him being here. <laughs> <laughs> so, look. What more do you want from The Hopeless Show? And I'm going to just start because this is news from the quarantine, right? And we thought the quarantine was over. And, uh, hmm. Well, I had tickets to see the Foo Fighters, the first concert in Los Angeles at the Forum. I was so excited about this. First concert back in New York. Dave Chappelle came out. It's like, we're back. America's back. This is all great. And then, like, two days ago, the Foo Fighters said... They had to cancel the show because of someone had COVID on their team. What that meant, I don't know. But then I have a conspiracy because then L.A. County the next day said that indoors you have to wear masks starting Saturday night. And which I thought we're going to get to that in our debate because I definitely want to talk about that in a debate forum. Mm -hmm. But I was crushed about the concert being canceled. I thought it was uh, just not what I wanted to hear. I was like, you're excited about something. You're excited about things getting back to normal. And then boom, like the thing that you decided to do is gone. You've been, you've been hyping that up, that kind of show up for a minute, dude. I mean, it was like a month or two ago. You were even like, guys, this will be the first, 
you know, show where LA's back open and all that. I know you had a group of people going and even Ina, she was going through work and with some friends and now they're all bummed because of, because of the cancellation. Um, so I'm very sorry to hear that, man. That super sucks. And, and yeah, it was, we you know, Grohl and co those guys put on a freaking show. They do. And it was going to just have the energy of being back. And then, uh, we also found out that master back that, and, and again, well, I guess we'll get back into that more, but that's a big news from the quarantine because you take uh, one step forward and then someone decides you got to take a step back. But I have yes. thoughts on this and I know you do too. Yes. So we'll save it. The, oh, but then I'll tell you what I'm doing instead. Can I tell you what I'm doing instead, Rohit? Please do. Please do. Because I'm not going to let the man or the COVID bring me down. I'm not going to let the COVID take it away from me, take my experience away from me. I'm going to rub. I'm going to rub the lamp. I'm going to get the genie out of the bottle. And you better believe I'm going to go see Christina Aguilera at the Hollywood Bowl on Saturday night with Gustavo Dudamel and the L.A. Synth. Wow. Dudamel is leading up a Christina Aguilera show. I would have never seen that coming. That's pretty great. The dude's amazing for those that aren't aware gustavo dudamel is i guess now seven eight years running the conductor of the los angeles philharmonic and he is known for his just vibrance and his energy and his hair and his sweat flying everywhere and he's just like you know he's he's a very cool conductor and if anybody has watched that show um oh god what's the name of that show aaron with that little skinny dude who plays it. It's on Amazon. Little Dicky. No, not little Dicky. This is, um, it's a show about a New York, uh, Philharmonic director. That's young and Latino and he's super cool. Um, anyway, that show is based on Dudamel on Dudamel. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that actually. Yep. Um, actually I'm just gonna look up the name, uh, Amazon show. And what, about and while you're looking, while you're looking it up, wait, our producer Mozart just Mozart in the jungle. Mozart in, Mozart the, jungle. in the jungle. Yes. With, uh, with what's oh, his uh, face? With Gael, uh, Garcia. Yeah. Gael Garcia Bernal. Mm-hmm. Man, we are coming in. So if you could tell, we've taken a little break because we are coming in spot on with mistakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We sound like we're baked right now and we are not. This is a morning. Um, so yeah. yeah, this is, you know, it's we're, we, we got a little rust. We got to shake off. We do. And, and that's why the, uh, this whole thing when, uh, when the Foo Fighters canceled and uh, I, I actually channeled some Christine Aguilera lyrics. Don't you bring me down today, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, because that, I had no idea that show was even happening, but I was like, I'm not going to not do a thing that night after being so excited about it. So never let the system bring you down. Never let something bring you down. That's unforeseen. Pick yourself up and figure out something else to do to bring a smile to your face. Exactly. And you know what? And if your concert gets canceled, find another concert and then, you know, you're going to get dirty. Um, (laughs) So, Let's move on to our first topic, Aaron. And uh, I want to start off, um, and I don't know if I've told you about them, but have I told you about Orange and Girlfriend? No, but I have okay. like many. I'll just tell you like the thought that comes up in my head. Uh-huh. 
is that you used to call yourself like your nickname in high school was Orange. And so they called you and your girlfriend Orange and Girlfriend. Actually kind of close, but not. So Orange and Girlfriend are the names of two stray cats that uh, kind of live in our yard. Uh, Orange is a big orange cat and Girlfriend is his girlfriend. (laughs) And we've named them Orange and Girlfriend. And so when our... You know, we have two cats of our own in the house. Uh, one's name is Pippin. We've had her for a long time. The other's Todd. Todd's a big fluffy kitten. You guys, listeners may remember, I started a whole Instagram account when we adopted Todd as a kitten. That Todd hates me because, you know, the cat is scared of me, barely lets me pet him. Anyway, over the past year, beginning quarantine, Todd and Pippin kind of were indoor outdoor cats. We let them kind of roam. Um, and this topic is hopeless because I'm actually going to talk about an animal abuser. And so. Todd would come out, you know, we have, we have a neighbor that we share a fence with. Um, and she is terrified of animals, of animals of all sorts, um, especially cats and dogs. And she is, you know, she, she complained that, you know, the cats were kind of like, you know, in her yard and all that kind of like walking by and scaring her. We're like, okay, cool. So then after she asked, we brought Todd and Pippin back in and they have not gone outside again. However, in that short time that they were roaming the streets, especially Todd, he joined a pack. And that pack was him, Orange, and a girlfriend. And every single night since we brought Todd in, Todd sits out by the window looking for them, yearning for them. And then every single night, Orange and girlfriend, and they have been doing this for months, just stop by to say hi and nuzzle Todd through our screen door. They miss each other. They yearn for each other. Now, our neighbor is not happy that Orange and Girlfriend are still in the vicinity that they crossed through her yard. And she has threatened to kill them. Uh, She said she saw Orange crossing the street and she said she tried to run Orange over, but she was very upset that she missed. She said that she wants to get a pellet gun to shoot them. She said she's putting out rat poison. Okay. We begged, we begged her for just give us like, and this all happened right before like we left to go to New York on a personal, you know, for some stuff last week. Um, and said, hey, listen, wait till we get back this, you know, on Sunday night, we're going to work on getting them in. So we're working on getting them in, but she has given us a deadline. She's already sent one neighborhood cat uh, to the kill shelter. She had it captured and is killed. What? And so now we, this is a race against time. We have a couple days before she's saying she's calling the animal catcher to have that cat's killed. Oh, okay. So... This is awful. My hope is, I don't know if you want to do it, but my hope is you should adopt them. Like you should say that they're your cats. And, and, this then, is what's she, kinda... and then if she can't, if she kills them, that's, I think, a, a big crime. Yeah. I mean, and we told her that and, you know, a couple challenges like, you know, on our lease agreement, we uh, we only had two cats. Now we then have to like talk to our landlord and see if it's okay to four or even just to foster them Uh, because these cats have to go together. If anybody was to ever adopt orange and girlfriend, they are literally connected at the hip and you can't. So can't you be fostering them right now? Like, can't you say we are fostering? I think that's the hope. And we, we we let her our neighbor know. And she says she doesn't care. She doesn't think that we'll be able to keep them in the house. So she's going to do what she can to have them captured and taken away. And it's, and honestly, dude, it's heartbreaking to see someone have so much hatred in their heart for innocent animals. And she's saying they're vicious. They're mean. They're nasty. 
dude, I'm sorry. Cats don't just come up to people and attack people. That literally doesn't happen. Like we know that, the, you know, because girlfriend is a kitten, still really young. Oh, little tiny. And, yeah. And oh. girlfriend supposedly like, you know, went into her yard today and Ina heard, you know, our neighbor scream bloody murder. And this okay, is we, we have to back up here for a sec yeah. about the neighbor. Uh, I've never met your neighbor, this neighbor. What's her deal? Like, what is she a single? She's, no, person? her husband's wonderful. What? She's, so, yeah, she is. I get it. You know, people have their fears, but like, it's, I mean, oh, to top this off, they're also building a wall now, a big brick <laughs> wall that <laughs> is now going to block our view of the, the city. What? Uh, yeah. So, um, they're building one up so there's no more fireworks? Well, there'll be fireworks, but I th- we don't know how big or high the wall is going to be, but I th- we, they're, they're constructing it right now. They have people, they have a crew there, and they're going to try and build it as high as they can. That's my fear. So cats can't get in. Like, they're fencing themselves in. It's insane. Um, uh, this is America. That yeah. wall, Walls are popular. Yeah, uh, for real. I, so I think your number one goal has to be, and the hope should be, you're, you're going to save these cats. That's yes, number that one. Is, it's pretty easy to say you're fostering a cat because you just have to know someone who does that and you know they can usher you in i know people who do it so i can thank you yeah slip it in there but here's but amongst all actually before you even answer here's what i like i love what i'm most hopeless about oh we haven't gotten there yet yeah what orange has already like we've been keeping our garage door open and kind of like now feeding them to kind of lure him in orange has been comfortable he went to the garage last night girlfriend is too scared we've never pet girlfriend before she's always like a couple feet behind whenever we're there. Um, if we, uh, my fear is if we can't get them both in, whoever's not in will die. Oh, so treats. That's, I yeah, think the key is, tr- do you have like good cat treats? Yes, we do. We so do. I would do a little uh, trail of cat treats for girlfriend and yeah. remove orange from the picture for a minute or like move him to the side and let girlfriend just walk right into the garage and then close that garage and don't let girlfriend out. Yeah, that's, trapping, trapping the cat. That's that's the hope, man. It's it's so sad, dude. And Why it's a someone... little kitten. Yeah, but Your girlfriend. Yeah, but the the neighbor problem. I just I don't like these people who neighbors in general who get in other people's business because most of the time people who do that it's their business. It's their they're angry about just signing their life, and so then they go nuts about something to to kind of scapegoat their own anger about whatever's going on in their life. I don't know this woman. I don't know what her deal is, but she definitely doesn't have to be this big a prick about this. And yeah. so, and neighbors do it all. I mean, I live in a building. There've been neighbors who have done batshit crazy stuff before. And it's never like the thing that I've done or someone else has done is never that bad. It's their stuff. It's whatever's going on in their life. And so I hate, I, whatever's going on in this woman's life. So that she has to build this intense hatred for these two cats I feel for her because what a mess she is and just trap the cats and save them, foster them, and then she can't do anything about it or she's a uh, animal killer and she'll go to uh, animal prison. Yeah, and that's the problem is she's really influential and powerful in our neighborhood. Like she's like one of the community leaders. Um, oh, I have so. an idea. Reverse it. Reverse it. What's her name? Can, like let's, or let's, I, I let's give her say. a fake name. Her name is Jackie. So, sure. so Jackie, 
what if you did the same thing about Jackie and said how she behaves to cats, you behave to Jackie's. So if, if there's someone named Jackie, you freak out, you call bloody murder, you have PTSD because of Jackie's in your past life. And so Jackie freaks you out. And every time Jackie gets close, you say, we got to build a wall around Jackie's. Jackie's are messed up. And you just total reverse it. So then she sees what it feels like, what the what Orange and Girlfriend feel like. Jackie sees what it feels like. I, I, I that is hilarious. Uh, I can, I think right now I am triggered by Jackie's, um, <laughs> like legitimately. And no offense to any Jackie's listening. I'm just no. speaking about one specifically. And our neighbor's name is not Jackie, um, but that'll be a proxy. But yeah, man, it's it's scary because also we are renters. She's a homeowner. She's like I said, she's been in the neighborhood the longest, almost the longest of anybody on our block. Everybody respects her, fears her. Like she. She holds all the power. And so what we have to do is we got to play nice at the same time, try and rescue these animals at the same time. It's really, we're losing our view of our cool place or at least a chunk of it. And it's, it's, it's just a really sad situation. I don't think I've ever Focus on the prize. Focus on the prize. You're saving the cats. If you do that, like it's step at a time, save the cats, eliminate the Jackies. And if there's any Los Angeles based listeners that are interested in a pair of two adults, adorable cats named orange and girlfriend um if we can get them in um you know we'd love to find them a good home so they do not have to die out on the streets or in a, or in a kill shelter um so please. so let's hope gong to uh, ending jackie's <laughs> we're not talking about killing people here. No, ending <laughs> we're just canceling jackie's there's the yes, drum roll jackie jackie is canceled Jackie so thanks for talking me through that i'm we're, we're both ian and i are both really really bummed out about this situation so thank you. Andy. So there's the hope gong. And uh, we're going to do just a quick, as we, we cover uh, cryptocurrency and different things going on in the money landscape of our country, we're going to go really quickly f- through this one because I just have a quick question for you, Rohit. Yes. <laughs> is it all toast or is it not? <laughs> oh man yeah and Arid, to get specific our dogecoin that was once like nearly 70 cents per coin is down to 19 cents today mm. i mean don't get us wrong we bought at a fraction of that regardless um i'm still holding on that bitcoin is half of what it was a few months ago and it has not gone above thirty thousand, really you know in the past couple of weeks and what about um, that musket <laughs> that that one? Oh god yeah that one thank god i only put 500 in that um <laughs> yeah so your 500 is now worth five bucks um it's actually they don't even have a value yet it's like not even assigned a value um <laughs> so it's a zero th- no but i think aaron what you bring up is an interesting topic is the entire cryptocurrency market, as we've mentioned earlier, because you know some of the biggest financial markets in the world, like the USA, like China, are placing such immense restrictions. Um, we are, you know, for a world of hurt, we have to like rely on South America, to be honest, to keep us afloat, to enable trading on VPNs so people can kind of trade their crypto. Uh, and do it in a way that's not tracked by the government so they can decentralize a currency. Um, I think crypto's in a lot of trouble. A lot, lot of trouble. So would you um, say be- right now bail on all of it? <clears throat> I think if you're at a loss, hold a little bit longer. If you're way up, it might be a good time just to 
cash out. Now, this is exactly what people said like three years ago or four years ago. Same exact yeah, before, thing. <laughs> before it boomed up again. Yeah. I just don't know what is going to help Bitcoin and all the other cryptos, the bigger cryptos, the smaller cryptos. I don't know what's going to help them outside of deregulation. And we're always headed to a, a market of regulation. Well, I have a theory and then we can move on. I have a sure. theory that right now the U.S. dollar is booming. Mm-hmm. The, the inflation is way up. That can't sustain. So I think people moved a lot of stuff, like realized, oh, I want to do, I want to count my Benjamins in paper, paper, instead of do crypto because of what the dollar is doing. But that can't sustain just like the crypto boom couldn't sustain. So I think it could do a little pendulum and then even itself out. It's a theory. It's a theory. There's it's a, a theory. reason I didn't go to business school. It's for that theory. And here's, here's, and here's my takeaway. Okay. Aaron, listeners, you guys know I'm not a big gambler. However, I love to gamble, you know, every now and then with fantasy, this and that. This is my takeaway, and this is a way to put it to everybody. All the money you've invested in crypto, imagine you went to Vegas or Atlantic City or wherever to a casino with all that money. Imagine you gambled all that money away and you lost it. Let's say you put 10000 20000 however much you have, even more. Pretend at this point it's less of an investment and more of a gamble. You could sell it all and walk away. Um, or if you just anticipate this is going to go how most money in the casino goes and you're going to lose it all anyway, you hold, treat this as sunken cost and anything in the future is a win. You hold it for a just in case. For a just in case. Yep. And honestly, for if anybody's that bought has bought within, you know, in the past few months, hold on to it for a year also before selling because so you can avoid capital gains. Um, that way the government is taking away less of your money. Um, because capital gains means if you sell within 12 months and you sell at a gain, you got to pay tax on that gain an additional tax. So hold off for a year, at least let's see where this goes, avoid capital gains tax, and then hope for better things to happen. There we go. So now we just confused everyone and we're on to our sports update. Sports, 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 sports. So there was a big controversy this week. I'm sure you saw it with Stephen A. Smith, the commentator for ESPN, and Shohei Otani. Uh, Shohei Otani, the big baseball star, two-way star, the new Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love him. Started Love him. the All-Star game as a pitcher and was the leadoff hitter and did the home run derby and hit a lot of home runs. He raked in the he home run derby. Rushed. Uh, so the big thing that Stephen A. Smith said, and then he apologized for, was that Shohei Otani if he didn't need a translator, would be a bigger star, more marketable star. It'd be better if, if, a, if Shohei Otani could, would speak, could speak fluent English. And for now, he's, he knows some English, but he's using an interpreter. So I'm actually curious what you think of that, because I think Stephen A. Smith saying it, it's probably dumb because it's just going to get you in trouble. What do you think of the concept, though, like needing I, an I interpreter? Think, I don't think he's wrong. Right. I think he probably there's certain things that, you know, can be left unsaid or can be stated differently. I think also his apology was a bit over the top. I don't think he had, like I think he here's the thing. I disagree with a lot of shit Stephen A says, but I don't think he had malice when saying that 
you know, it's, you know, it can be harder for an international guy to, to be a, a, the, the face of this league when he needs a translator. Like, who knows? Maybe he can, he can be the face of this league. But when you are not hearing him speak directly, you're not hearing him in press conferences, it's harder to develop that relationship, right? It's harder for him to be a spokesperson for various things. And, you know, it's, but I think that Shohei, his talent speaks above anything else. Yeah, the guy so is a legitimate god. He's yeah. so good. He's highly likable. Um, he's always smiling. Think, always smiling. And I don't think the language barrier truly holds him back from being a superstar. But I do think that, sure, his potential for events and sponsorships and that kind of stuff could be greater you know, one, you know, if he was fully fluent, but that's okay. How many languages can I speak? I wasn't even sure at the beginning of this podcast if Kinsey Trace is 53 or 153. <laughs> I don't even fucking know, man. So, like, it's, it's whenever I see someone criticizing someone from a foreign language that's trying to do their stuff in a different country and that they weren't raised in, I'm like, how many languages can you speak? And also, many, you, you were know, wrong about uh, 53. It's Cinquenta y Trace. Freak. Okay. <laughs> Mierde. Uh, or is it Merde? No, Merde is French. Mierde. Mierde. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I, uh, I think that I'm really with you on that. I think that Stephen A. Smith was stupid to say this just because it's like, why say that? It's kind of dumb. And uh, he knows we're in this culture of like, you know, stop Asian hate, stuff like that. Like, there's yeah. no reason to say it. It's just, it's a pointless comment. I do think he's right, though, that, yeah, it'll, it would be easier probably for Shohei Otani if he spoke English just because we're full of a country of idiots who just want stuff hand-fed to them like English. Or yeah, like, I mean, and, and that's another thing. Do you remember in the l- mid to late 90s when Allen Iverson was bursting onto the scene? Gifted, gifted player. They said he would be more marketable without the tattoos and the cornrows. Yeah. And he was on magazine covers. They were Photoshop airbrushing out his tattoos, right? Because, oh, hey, he'd be much more marketable. Look at the NBA now. Look at sports now. Look who's on TV now. Yeah. So we don't know truly what the public wants until we see what they want. Um, but so, like I said, I don't, I think Stephen A was mostly like kind of wrong. I see where he's coming from. I don't think it needs to be said, but I don't think he is a racist evil incarnate. No. Um, it was just a dumb thing to say. Dumb Not thing well to say. Out. And also, let's be honest. Uh, Shohei Otani is going to get a lot of endorsements and be in a lot of commercials and make a ton of money. And everything's going to be just fine for him. I don't think he has anything to worry about going forward. He's uh, he's a worldwide star now who is doing something in the sport, hasn't seen since Babe Ruth. And we uh, can applaud him for his awesomeness and always smiling. Yes. Um, you have another piece here. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I got I got a bonus piece that, that, that's hot off the press. Ooh. Aaron, I'm going to send you a link. Um, and I haven't watched this yet, and I don't think you have either, because I think this was just leaked. A video of Richard Sherman trying to break down his father-in-law's door. Ooh. Richard Sherman, you know, uh, uh, a cornerback for the San Francisco 49ers. Was he, with the Seahawks. Uh, Huge star. Yes. Big star. <laughs> For a California native, valedictorian, come from Compton. Um, all right, I'm going to hit play, you're going to hit play, and then we will talk. 
Richard Sherman video of him trying to break down his father-in-law's door is terrifying. I would lock, I would run for the fences if I was his father-in-law. He looked like he was going to destroy anything in his path. And I think he's going to be in some big trouble right now. Yeah, that was scary. It sucks. I love Richard Sherman too. Um, Do we know anything I, about what he did? All I, all I know is that he violently tried to break into his girlfriend or wife's uh, place. So we don't, I don't know much of the details, but do you know that this, this video as a Friday morning is now leaking uh, around Twitter. Um, And for those that couldn't watch it, he goes, this is a big football player. He goes full in shoulder, trying to ram the door down, kick it down. And he's telling his father-in-law to come through, uh, meaning for him to step outside. Which if I was his father-in-law, I don't do that. I do not come yeah. through. I don't come no. through at all. I, I go away yeah. instead of coming through. Yeah, I stay put. Stay put. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd yell back, staying put. Staying put. <laughs> so I don't know what the take on that is, except I think he's in some trouble. I don't know if we're going to be seeing Richard Sherman at the beginning of the season. But the NFL is pretty lax about everything because they don't really care about anything but the product on the field. So who knows? He could be like... Roger Goodell could like elevate him to super to like he could give him a bonus for this for all I know with that asshole because Roger God. Goodell isn't known to punish people too much. Yeah, he missed a couple games maybe. We don't know the whole story, but whatever it is, it's not looking good for for our boy Richard. Um, this is not a good look. And just for for those uh, D- Disney fans out there, this is not the Richard Sherman of the Sherman Brothers who wrote the songs for Mary Poppins and Winnie the Pooh and it's a small world. It's a different Richard Sherman. Just getting that out there. Yeah. I know we're going to get a lot of fan mail um, with people very confused. So thank you for that clarity. No problem. So are we going to the interview? Yeah. So this, yeah, actually before we get to the interview, I just would love your quick opinion. This is another bit of a downer topic, but you know, I, as you know, I was in New York last week, New York, New Jersey. um, And I was there for a funeral and you know one of my best friends has passed away at the age of 39 and you know i don't won't get to the reasons how or whatever it's not what we're here on the show for but um i do know one of the questions that we're all facing is what happens to our fantasy leagues what should we do so i've been in a keeper league with him a couple a keeper baseball league that's been active for 20 years now and you know, and since my friend Matt passed away, you know, he's been one of the most active people forever. And we're trying to figure out what to do with that team. We're trying to figure out, do we even keep our football team around uh, our football league around? But more importantly, with baseball, that league's been going for 20 years. Actually, so is football. But baseball's one everybody cares about a lot more. Um, you know, do we contract the league? This is a group of very, very close friends from college. Right. So do we contract the league by one, make it from uh, an 11 league? Because. It went from 12 to 11 as of last week, right? And we're still setting his teams. The commissioner's still setting his teams to finish out the season. But do we go to a 10-team league next year, or do we have a, a team try and replace Matt? Do we switch from head-to-head to Roto, or do we cancel the league? 
What do you think? Well, I think it's pretty simple, actually, what you do here, because this is what I think Matt, I didn't know him, but what he would want is what's the name of the league now? It's the uh, Sig Pi Frat Keeper League. So I think you name the league after Matt now. I think the league should be named after him or okay. something that he loves so or his nickname, something like mm-hmm. that. And you keep the league as is. He wouldn't want you to contract a team. He would he was just as passionate as everyone in this league about the uh, league about the league. So I'd say you name the league after him and it's forever then going to be in his memory and you get a maybe another one of his friends or something who would want to be in the league, some someone like that to to take over his team. I I don't think uh when people pass they don't want people to uh change their enjoyment in life because of their passing you want him yeah to- i mean that's a good point i mean this is like you know I've, I've lost you know friends before at all you know throughout my life in many ages but you know and then like you know we always see the ghost profiles on facebook and twitter and insta and stuff like that but the idea of a football league of a fantasy league, especially when that's been going so long that's a new one for me right it's almost because there's like a gaming mechanism. There's like a tradition, the annual draft and all this kind of stuff. It's like, whoa, what happens to that tradition? What happens to that? So I just find it, you know, it, it's, it's a really, it's, it's a weird space to be, but I think you're right. I would love to keep the league going. Um, and, you know, trying to maybe find some way to dedicate it to him. Yeah. Um, is, you know, maybe, you know, cause you know, he left two young children and a wife and, you know, maybe there's something we can, the league can do for them with their winnings or whatever. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. yeah. A, a portion of the winnings, like 10% of the winnings goes to his family every year. Yeah. Something that could like be that. great actually. Yeah. So, so, okay. I hope that gives you some hope. I hope we can, uh, yeah. we can give it at least a little hope gong. Yeah. And I know it's a tough situation, but. There's some. There's always a silver lining, and I think honoring him is is the way to go. So now we are at that point we've been hinting at a lot of times already. Adam Schiff, Congressman Schiff, the man who was the head of the impeachment hearings. He's been in charge of a lot of the the Intel Committee. He's one of the biggest congressmen in the uh, in the country. And, most powerful not not in terms of physical size he's actually bigger than i thought so anyway i i had breakfast with him and a bunch like 20 people on uh a couple days ago after the election where we thought maybe we had turned to come a corner um there was another moment after the insurrection where we thought okay maybe now we really have to turn a corner and uh you could see for a fleeting instant uh, even someone like mitch mcconnell wrestling uh, with conscience and trying to determine was it time to cast out uh, Donald Trump from that party. Um, But he very quickly concluded that um, he would be cast out instead. Uh, And, you know, sadly, the story of the last uh, four years is I've discovered so many people that I work with don't care about anything so much as maintaining their own position. Um, And so much of what they profess to believe in both in terms of our democracy, conservative principles, you name it, none of it really, at the end of the day, mattered. Uh, the only thing that mattered was keeping their job or maybe getting a higher position or um, a cabinet post or a run for the Senate or 
uh, a future run for the presidency. Uh, measured against those ambitions, none of the rest of the things they said they cared about turned out to matter at all. And that has put us in a very dangerous position as a country. Uh, no sooner was the election over uh, and the big lie being spread than uh, in legislatures around the country, Republicans were pushing um, these laws to bring us back to uh, an era of Jim Crow. Um, and the only change is that they're just blatant about it. Uh, it used to be they tried to hide what they were doing and why. I remember about five or six years ago, a Republican senator uh, from Pennsylvania acknowledging privately in one of those leaked conversations that these voter ID laws were really just about winning the election for Republicans. Uh, well, now they just don't make any bones about it. And um, if they can't persuade people in Georgia to vote for their backward policies, then they will just make sure that the voters who don't agree with them can't go to the polls. And if they can't get their Secretary of State to find 11,780 votes, uh, they will strip him of his powers and they will give it to someone who will. And they seem to be uh, setting up uh, for the midterms um, a disenfranchised portion of the electorate that will cause them to win those midterms. But the failsafe is if they lose, they're, they're replacing the secretary's powers with partisan officials who can overturn the result. Um, and it's hard to look at any of that and think we have turned a corner. Uh, if anything, the GOP has doubled down on uh, Donald Trump and the, the kind of anti-democratic, anti-truth um, nature of his leadership. Uh, so, um, you know, we, we have some hard days ahead, but nonetheless, we averted catastrophe. Uh, and, you know, I know many of you have supported me for a long time and have supported other uh, Democratic candidates and office holders, and I, I just want to start by telling you how much I'm grateful to you. Uh, because we came so close to losing it all. Um, we didn't see it coming in the, in the presidential cycle. No one did. Democrats didn't. Republicans didn't. Pollsters didn't. But there was a very large number of people, large enough to um, deliver the presidency to Joe Biden, Republicans, who could not abide Donald Trump, who voted for Joe Biden at the top of the ticket. But that didn't make them Democrats. Uh, and as they traveled down the ballot, they voted for the Republicans. And as a result, we lost several of our most impressive new Democratic members of the House. Had we lost just a few more, five more, uh, we would have lost the majority in the House. And had we done that, um, those efforts to um, decertify the election may have very well succeeded in the House. Uh, so we came that close to disaster. Great guy. Fascinating. Okay, yeah, he was talking about how there's a lot more to uh, be done, but he was laying out, because he was there, uh, what happened on January 6th and mm -hmm. what they're going to keep doing and how they're actually going to, uh, they're going to have a, like 9-11, a full briefing of it by, by the beginning of next year to really get to the bottom of the truth of what happened. And, and, uh, and yeah, he wasn't kind to certain Republicans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what happened, you know, and I'm glad that the investigations will continue into what happened on January 6th. That was, it was pretty gross. It was pretty bad. Um, 
and I, 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 you know, I, as long as the end result is we find the perpetrators and they are, you know, according to the rule of the law, you know, to, you know, they're dealt with there as the law is followed. And it does not infringe upon the rest of our rights through added surveillance through, I mean, there's this whole thing about, you know, there's trying to be a bill going through that. Um, hopefully the Supreme court will kill about being able to read our personal private text messages to each other. Um, you know, for signs of extremism like that kind of shit, like expanding the Patriot Act through another name for national security, for extremism, I think is tyranny and fascism. So I hope that this investigation is able to deal with the individuals on an individual basis and not infringe upon the rights and the privacy of the rest of Americans. So uh, thank you, Adam Schiff, for hopefully doing that in the right way. And thanks for being on our show, even though you didn't quite know you were being to be on our show. Yeah, as long as he was, was he recorded with consent? Yeah. I hope. Okay, great. Excellent. Yes. Thank um, you, Adam Schiff. So uh, next up is the debate portion. Ooh, of here we go. And this is a big one. This is a really big one. It's hot off the presses. L.A. County is the only county now in America to reinstate the use of you, the mandatory use of indoor mask wearing at establishments like restaurants and markets after one month ago getting rid of it. So, Rohit, what do you think of this? I hate it. Hate. <laughs> like, dude, we both just flew on flights from New York to L.A. Like six hours, five to six hours. But then, like, it's from the time you get in the cab... So you check in the airport, wait to board, then you deboard, wait for your luggage, get in a car, you know, find, get your car, then drive all the way home. That five to six hour flight is actually add in, you know, like two to three hours on either side. It turns into like to a 10 hour ordeal and wearing a mask. And I get it. That's travel, it's transit. But now I was willing to put up with that, but now we got to wear them indoors in LA and I'm sorry. It's, it's, I, 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 I'm just over it at this point, bro. I, I, I'll do it, but I'm not going to be at all fucking happy about it. I'll go a step further because I think it is idiotic that it, it just it goes and they keep the science. They keep changing the numbers, like the numbers that were the wrong, the the numbers we can't hit, or ne- like where we're at now would have been a good way, place to be three months ago. And like everyone would have been like we would have been in the purple tier, whatever the colors are. And now it's the bad tier again there. It seems so arbitrary. And if you are vaccinated this, if you get covid, the worst that happens is it's something like the like a getting a bad cold or something like that. It's not you don't get hospitalized. Ninety nine point nine percent of the people who are hospitalized in L.A. County from covid have not been vaccinated. So to me. Is this scare tactics to get people vaccinated who aren't? Because guess what? You know what didn't work? Dare. Did that make people not do (laughs) drugs? No. Everyone who wanted to do drugs was still going to do drugs because of dare. This is like dare for for anti-vaxxers. It's not going to work. And what it does do is piss all the people off like you and me who have done our due diligence. We're vaccinated. We are in the clear from getting getting some – bad case of this where we're hospitalized or whatever and we want to move on with our lives you can't keep putting us in this place where we can't live and 
the idea that we have to wear a mask when we're vaccinated and instead we could just, which I think would be way smarter, show our vax card and say, here, I'm vaxxed. Look at my card. I am okay. I am comfortable because I'm vaxxed. Then let you in. You don't have to wear a mask. And also, it's just so... uh, and I don't know why, why L.A. County. I was in New York. Everything's nothing's changing there. And there you're swarmed with people. Yep. And actually, I just sent you, Aaron, a link to an interactive map from the CDC. Um, that's live through July 13th. Or that's the data's most recent, July 13th. L.A. is orange on here, right? There's places that are red, you know, like in... Uh, like near Las Vegas and stuff like that. And then parts of Florida, parts of Texas, seemingly all of Missouri and Arkansas um, and Louisiana. But like most of the rest of the country, even Utah is pretty highly red, is fairly like yellow, orange, or even blue. And we are an orange one. And which means we're just, you know, we have, it says it's substantial. But dude, it's like... If you look at New Jersey, it's all yellow and New York is yellow or blue for the most part. And I just don't understand why we can't do what they're doing. What is it with this nanny state? And for if people want to wear masks, they can wear masks. But to force the rest of us to do this after we've already been vaccinated, I agree, is horse shit. And I'm tired of it. I'm like, this isn't, it's more just, I'm going to even, I don't know, like, are people going to even enforce it? Like if you go to no. a restaurant, I don't think people are anymore. I think people think we don't even really have a mayor right now. Like, I don't think that this is uh, I don't think this is going to be a thing that really works anymore. People are t- like, did, it's it's we're done with it. Like, we did, did, they, did they put a time limit on this? They say for how long or no. is it right now at infinitum? No. Okay. And my guess so, is yeah. it'll get worse. And then it, I like I don't see it being uh, but I think it's the public backlash that's going to be different this time because the whole thing that we've been waiting for is to get vaxxed. The smart people got vaxxed and now yep. you're doing this. So we have to wear masks again. Like, no. Yeah. And is it some way to punish the anti-vax people and they're ruining it for us? That's, no, I don't think make it, us suffer. Yeah, you're right. It's like, fuck off, man. Like this is, it just feels more like virtue signaling than it does actual prevention. I agree. It's like, hey, we're going to punish all of you until everybody can get vaccinated. It's come on, man. Get out of here. No. And it's um, it's like start living life like we got to just start living yeah. life. We can't do this forever. Yep. So and off with the mask. Uh, I wonder I, I bet there's going to be some fascinating interactions coming up with people just not doing it. Yeah. I mean, like I said. I, I don't think I'm I don't hang out with anybody that hasn't been vaccinated, so I'm not worried. Um, so, yeah, whatever. And you wouldn't be the Please. one to be worried. It's them who should be worried. Yep. I mean, I even have, you know, I have a coworker. you know, she's been vaccinated and she just got covid and, you know, she's pregnant. So it's kind of scary for her. And but she'll get, you know, it could be the Delta variant or whatever. But that's not really deadly to those that have been vaccinated. Right. No, nope. it's bad for those that have been unvaccinated and so it's it's sure some people might get the delta variant which sucks but you'll be fine in a couple days you know it's 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 we we can't live in this sort of prison state anymore no i'm I'm done with it we can't do it no more uh so so speaking of tired so that debate was we agreed completely Speaking yes, as usual, <laughs> uh, speaking of tired, 
my topic is Charlie Sheen. Yes, Charlie Sheen, the Charlie Sheen of such films as Major League, Top Gun, Three Musketeers, uh, Two and a Half Men, the TV show, Men at Work, I think was his other show. Uh, might not have been. But he, I got sad the other day, Rohit. What's that? Why? Because a friend brought up Charlie Sheen and I thought, why is there no more Charlie Sheen in our lives? He was such an important fixture of insanity. Like he was, he was like the best thing on TV, what, 10 years ago when he was doing winning and like everything he did and his interviews and stuff was just batshit crazy. I loved it. I just loved his just complete and utter insanity. And we haven't heard from him any at, at all. There's been not been in movies, nothing. I, like there's no craziness coming from the Sheen camp. And I well, I got sad, but then I did deep, deep diving. But do you have a comment before I talk about my sadness? I do. I think I know why. Maybe maybe you're going to go down this path. But I think I think Charlie Sheen walked so Donald Trump could run. <laughs> and like Trump took that insanity on Twitter and in life to a whole new level. So Charlie Sheen has been, you know, he's an old model at this point. Um, well, anyway, what, what did your research show? Well, my research was this, uh, Charlie Sheen. So I was looking like, what has he done in the last while? And he has done something. He's in a movie that came out last year. The movie is called Grizzly 2 Revenge. It also has George Clooney, Laura Dern, and uh, John Rhys Davies in it, among others. So you might ask, have you heard of this movie, Rohit? Big cast, right? Not until this very second. So me neither. Here's why. This movie was filmed in 1983. It took almost 40 years to come out and is apparently atrocious. But it has those people in it. And it's about this killer grizzly bear in the woods who uh, in Yellowstone National Park, who like uh, who actually attacks at a massive big band rock concert. <laughs> that actually doesn't sound terrible. It's supposed to be atrocious, but Charlie Sheen is in it. And I thought, man, so that made me happy at first because I thought oh this is a movie he's in maybe this get him on talk shows and be weird but then I realized he's like this movie's supposed to be terrible this is all we got from Charlie Sheen is a movie he filmed 40 years ago so then I went a little deeper down a rabbit, the rabbit hole there was an article a few months ago about Charlie Sheen through the years and there's a picture of him recently and man does he look bad he just looks. Dude, I mean, I know he looked like a crackhead like four or five years ago. Does he look even worse now? He looks like an older crackhead. Oh man! And I guess he was a crackhead. Yeah, but he made crack cool. Yeah, yeah. He's crack is back, baby. Crack is back. So, can you just give me hope of that we can get Charlie Sheen back? Like, I want winning again. I want weirdness again. I'll give you a bit of hope. We're in the era. Of sequels and movie franchises. Yes. If there's another major league movie, I think we can expect to see a return of the wild thing. That would be great. So our hope is that people run a reboot major league and we see Charlie Sheen again. And I actually, I am willing to bet that we do see that in our lifetime. 
All right, then I'm in for that. Although he looks really old. He looks like he might have to be the manager. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Or yeah, he's coming out of retirement to be a pitching coach, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, the three major league movies were 1989, Major League Two in 1994, and then Major League Back to the Majors in 1998. Great films. Um, all great films. All. Okay, I don't think I, I don't think winning. I saw the third one. Uh, you missed out. They're all um, great. And and I do have one other piece of of Charlie Sheen news. In September of 2019, Charlie Sheen was set to compete on season 28 of Dancing with the Stars with pro partner Cheryl Burke. However, he walked away before the premiere telling us, at the end of the day, I have two left feet and I just can't dance. And then that's like more sad because I would have watched Dancing with the Stars if he was on it. Dude, I don't understand Dancing with the Stars. So maybe it was, it was good that he didn't do that. Because it seems like a bunch of people doing ballroom dancing. It's so fucking boring. Um, I'm like, how can anybody watch this? But then again, and every episode's also like two to three hours long. And they take like a five-minute ad break between each dance. I've only ever seen one episode. So um, I'm assuming they're all, <laughs> they're like all the this. same. Yeah. And it's just a whole bunch. I thought they are going to do like cool, like synchronized dancing, like pop locking and shit. No, it's just ballroom crap. And so... I'm happy he didn't tarnish his brand with that. Okay. That's all I can say. So let's hope for Major League Four. Yes. Major League yes. Four. Major League Four. Back to the majors back again. Yes. Or back to the minors. Back to the minors. <laughs> yeah. Back to the minors. So uh, now we're going to our segment, Hopeless TV. Now, mm-hmm. Hopeless TV is uh, where we find something we've watched on TV that we feel hopeless about. So for me... Rowett, have you heard of this movie, The Tomorrow War? Not only have I heard of it, I watched it. Okay, so we have a discussion to have here. (laughs) So The Tomorrow War is a movie about a war in the future, and people have to go into the future to fight the war because otherwise there's not enough people left in the future to fight the war with the aliens in the future. Chris Pratt stars in this, and... Okay, I will say I watched the whole thing and I wasn't not entertained, but I don't. Yeah, it's entertaining, but for probably, probably the wrong reasons, but I was entertained and I did like that. They used some practical effects instead of just all digital, like all the Marvel stuff and everything that we're used Mm -hmm. to. There was actually practical effects, practical sets, but well, what what was your thought on this film? This film has been hyped. It cost $200 million to make. In a non in a non COVID era, it would have been a big theatrical release, huge. But now, because of streamers, it just goes on your on demand on HBO Max. Okay, here's what I thought of it. Okay, it took two words, the Tomorrow War, like Tomorrow and War, and we've I'm pretty sure I've seen seven movies with the exact same title or exact same you know like oh like like the there's a Tom Cruise one right that he had to Edge of Tomorrow right Edge which is actually a great movie. Yeah, great movie. And was that the same one that Emily Blunt was yeah. into? Yeah, that was movie was really good. There's also a movie called Restoring Tomorrow, which is oh, a, yeah. a movie that was made by me. And yes. uh, that movie is about restoring tomorrow, but it's not about a war and it's not about aliens. Exactly. Yes, it's it's close, but not really close. Um, then okay, fine. Then I get yeah, we know exactly what Chris Pratt is at this point. This point, he's going to be typecast as some just ex-military guy that's just doing stuff. Um, you know, he's an action star. Fine, totally accepted. And the movie was entertaining. It was fun to watch. But my God, it the plot holes 
or like black holes. They were huge. And are we going to try and do this without spoilers? No, I don't care. If you if you don't want to, if you don't, haven't seen the movie and want to see it, we're not going to give like the big spoilers away, but you would, you'll know what's going to happen in the movie at every turn anyway. There's, but there's a one I want to say, so you go first. Oh yeah. But, and, and if you really are scared about that, skip through the next like two, three minutes and then continue our show. Um, okay. So he comes back from the future, right? And he's got like this antidote, but the government doesn't have time to help him with it. It doesn't ha- like, so now he has to get a ragtag group of people that can somehow break through Russian airspace, <laughs> go to somewhere in the tundra and find exactly where that is. Like, it was just, I was like, are you kidding me? The government is already recruiting, drafting people, bringing like innocent people from the future, from the past to the future. They're dying and all this kind of stuff. But uh, hey, now we have a cure to this all, but we don't got time for that. We like it's like, and then they have to rely on some freaking child that likes that has a hobby of volcanoes, and that's their scientist. <laughs> yeah, and then there's another one, which is into the movie. He meets his daughter in the future, which is very expect. Like you know, that's going to happen. Yes, and yes. he meets his daughter in the future, who's like the head of the whole war or something, and the whole thing with that period of the movie is him trying to make sure his daughter doesn't die instead of doing this thing where he has this vial of stuff to go save the world when guess what his daughter won't die if the world saved in the past but he instead like (laughs) then they have a hanging on like a a jack uh, and rose moment from titanic like i will never let you go moment and it's like dude like if you save the world and then he comes back to the to the past. He, if you save the world, your daughter's not going to die. And then he goes back to the, to the present time or the past. And he says to everyone, I have to save my daughter and the world. He actually says that <laughs> like makes no sense. And also when he first runs into his future daughter and she's like, Ugh, we don't have a relationship. Like she's all mad at him. It's like, Bitch, he got drafted and sent to the future. Why are you mad at him? He had no choice. <laughs> and like, you know what? You're like a like warrior leader. And there's another part where they're doing like an extraction, trying to get like the alpha female um, or the queen uh, from a hive. Oh, that made no sense. Monsters. Why didn't they? Why did they wait? She's like the most valuable person. She's the doctor that unlike it holds all the intelligence, but she's personally going on that mission and personally going down there and shooting this thing herself. Like, are you serious? Is she an action hero or is she a scientist or is she both? Like why this makes no sense at all. No, none of it. It made no sense. It felt like a factory made this movie. It was like a bunch of suits who said, we need this piece and this piece. We don't want to need, we, we want to know nothing about Chris Pratt uh, except that he fought before. That's all you know. You don't know anything about the lead at all. Nothing. And uh, oh yeah. I, and then yeah. they do also one other thing is at the beginning of the movie they do this idiotic thing that a lot of shows and movies do where they have a like a uh, a tease beginning where they tease you with something that's going to happen later in the movie. So they tease you with this this thing with these people falling into a pool, and then 15 minutes later they show you the answer, and any storytelling would wait. So you're curious about what, what is happening with that tease later on, which made me 
feel like this was very obviously just tacked on at the end to give something that was action packed at the beginning before the 15 minutes of. I think you're of, right. I think of, you're right. Of talking to get to the action. Although I will say that sort of transportation, that sort of them flashing into the future and where they're all just like falling from a mile in the sky and just splatting on walls and buildings. That was an awesome scene. It was cool. Like that was did, did, awesome. Did we need to see it 15 minutes before and then see it again? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and then we also had like another good part was we had we had a, we had a cameo from Chloe from Twenty Four. Oh yeah, she was in it. Yeah. There were a lot of yeah. There was cameos and stuff. J.K. Simmons plays the dad. He's cool. He's love J.K. Simmons. He's good when he's the dude on. Kills it in everything he's in. So the hopeless TV part of this is I don't like manufactured movies that seem like they're like built in a factory and this was that. But then I feel hopeless because I still watched it and had an enjoyable enough time doing it, even though it's a really bad movie. Yeah, this movie was like in terms of culinary. If you were to compare it to like culinary dishes, this is a quarter pounder with cheese. Perfectly Where they forgot to put on the any, cheese. Yeah, and it's like it's enjoyable, but it is not a prime rib from Peter Luger. No, you know it is, and that's fine. I don't think it was ever trying to be, um, but it is what it is. It was enjoyable yet freaking stupid. So dumb. So now we are on to. Hope in 60 seconds, which Ooh. which is the uh, segment where we bring you hope in 60 seconds with some very, very intense topics. This week we have some All of right. our most intense topics. I think, Aaron, you are up first. Um, so Aaron will take um, 30 seconds about to explain what he's hopeless about, and I'll take the other 30 to, uh, to answer it and go. All right. Bill Cosby was released from jail after raping many women. And that alone was pretty weird because you think when you commit that many rapes, uh, you probably should, you know, be in jail for the rest of your life. And that's my thought. So now he came out and further said he reportedly wants to be compensated for his time behind bars because he feels he's owed a lot of money for the time for the money that he didn't make while he was behind bars. The 84 year old said. So this just all made me feel hopeless. Like, I don't he spent three years in jail and he raped a lot of women and now he wants to be his comeuppance for his rapes. And he already didn't spend a lot of time in jail. Like, dude, you're a crook. You're a criminal. Anyway, give me hope. I don't know if I can get hope from this, except this is a guilty man that is going to walk. But, you know, they say it's better to have a guilty man walk than have an innocent man serve. So if anything, you know, if there was errors, in his due process, which is the technicality that's getting him out. It's a high profile case, but uh, if anything, at least it's honoring that. So someone innocent is not being imprisoned falsely without their correct due process. So it's sad and it's, and it's, we're putting a predator back out on the streets, but I think everybody will know better at this point. He's not going to rape anybody because they're not going to let him near him. And, Unfortunately, he's becoming like a almost a um, what's the word martyr. Uh, a martyr. Thank you. Um, so there's not justice there, but it's hopefully leads to future justice for those that are falsely accused. Of any crime, no, not to my rape of any, any crime. crime of people that are denied their due process. So um, at least it's a it's it's showing that there's raw there's lose there's law and order that is respected, and you break the process, you're not going to convict somebody. So I respect that. I hate the outcome of this, but I respect the fact of how we got there. All right. 
I'll uh, kind of give the yeah. I'm gonna just yeah, it feels icky. Yeah, it feels it's, really it's icky. sticky, icky. No, it's not good. Yeah. So next one. All right, next one. Okay, Aaron. So I'm just gonna list out some things. I had my knee completely rebuilt, four torn ligaments, two of those crucial. Fine, a couple of years ago, I'm good. Um, I'm also still rocking, you know, very old, uh, partially torn triceps. Uh, a couple of years ago, I tore my hip labrum. Um, and then I played a little bit of football on SoFi Stadium, the new Ram Stadium in the field a couple of weeks ago. I was kicking field goals, running a 40, throwing passes, doing all that kind of stuff. And I uh, just got my MRI results from my doctor. I tore my shoulder labrum clean off the bone. Oh. Um, and I also have tendonitis in my right ankle from kicking those field goals. Um, <laughs> oh. Yep. It's a, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I need hope. Uh, I've had the labrum surgery from pitching. And it's about oh. six weeks of misery and then rehab, but it's probably worth it because then you can have a working shoulder again to, if you don't get it fixed, you won't be able to really use your arm in a number of years as really well. So I would say probably do that. But that's oh. my hope is that you have a brother here who has gone through that and I've survived and I was able to use my arm again and pitch again, actually. That that does give me hope. Um, and so... Yeah, because mine mine is torn clean off right at like the back top rear part. Mine, the whole thing was um, torn, everything, and I had whole and thing. I had okay. bone spurs, and I had, it was a mess from pitching. Okay, yours is much more severe, and and it came um, back, and I was able to pitch again, uh, and play every everything and throw and do everything again. Yeah, my goal is just to, I, I want to be able to throw a baseball again, and I'm not playing competitively, but just like even just playing on the softball team for work and shit like that, tossing a ball. You know, if we ever have kids or whatever, tossing a ball with that. I just want to be able to do those things. And you know, my doctor said I can do it with rehab, maybe because cortisone. But if I have to do surgery and know that you went through it and you came out great, it makes me very happy. Um, all right, hope that's good to know. The next uh, and final hope in sixty second topic is starting. Aaron, I know we just took a two-week hiatus. Both you and I were traveling, funerals, this and that. I'm also going to be in Europe for a couple weeks in August. So there might be two weeks without a show, possibly. Um, how do we keep our viewers entertained? Wow. Well, we're, I'm curious what our, what our listeners think. If you want uh, some different shows, we can do some, uh, some highlight shows. We could put together some highlight reel shows from the past. We could do... Uh, one of us could do a show one week and just uh, and it'll be a shorter show and we'll, we'll bring some hope for you in that week so that you get some something to listen to from us. So we have there's a lot of options we can do. And I want to hear everyone's thoughts, what they want from us, if they want us to do different things, what they'd prefer, what they'd like most, what they'd like least. And then we'll bring it to you because we are here to serve. We are in the business of serving you. That's a really great idea. It's like for the episodes where one of us or both of us can't be there, we can take listener requests for what they want to see. That's brilliant, Aaron. I feel a lot of hope from that. That's awesome. There we go. So if you guys would like to write to us, please give us suggestions. Um, and speaking of writing to us, Aaron. Oh, yeah. It uh, looks like uh, you got some. we got some fan mail from Clarica in L.A. What do we got? Clarica from L.A. Anti-Semitic crimes have increased nearly 60% in 2021 in Los Angeles. What can we do about it? Ooh. Ooh. Well, but what I think is from the Jewish perspective is not running, not hiding, always being proud of who you are and showing people. I think a big importance is showing people always that we don't bite 
We aren't, we don't have horns. We aren't like some evil species. We're all just human, just like any type of racism or anti-Semitism or anti-any culture. And we just have to keep going about our business because it's, it's the uneducated that become anti-Semitic. And that's it really. If you, it's like, if you're not informed, then like ignorance leads to hate. And yeah, that's my thought. And another way to look at this also is, yeah, I think anti-Semitic crimes are definitely on the rise. And we saw that especially, um, you know, with terms of hate, you know, during, you know, we still have the ongoing conflict in the Middle East. Um, however, one thing to also consider is that now we are recognizing crimes more than we have before. And there, there might have been many unreported anti-Semitic crimes people are too scared to or it was just ignored by law. What I think this also shows, one part may be an increase, another part may just be in the visibility and the recognition of anti-Semitic crimes. And as we recognize them, as we draw that awareness, like Aaron was saying, that's a first step to say, to really, really get across everybody's mind that this is still an ongoing problem. And so I think one thing to take away, um, you know, Clark, is, is, is that I think we're finally recognizing, recognizing more and more. Um, and I, not even just anti-Semitic crimes, but crimes against other, you know, underrepresented groups and other, you know, other uh, people that are going through pain. And I think, in this era of awareness, uh, recognition and, and, and acknowledgement is the first step into coming up with the fix. Boom. I like it. And I hope that answered, Clarica, for you uh, a little bit of hope. Gave, gave you a little bit of hope so that we can uh, keep fighting against the hate and the ignorance and the stupidity and all that comes with hating any type of group. And so with that, we're bringing, we have to bring, we end our show always with Hope Fulfilled, with something for everyone to feel hopeful for after uh, getting tons of hope by, I mean, we have, we have just fed hope. Rowan, we have fed hope today. We are hope feeders. We have just been. Oh yeah. We are like a human centipede of hope. Yeah. Like charitable. <laughs> Jesus. That, that took a, like my reaction to that was a three second delayed. Whoa. I know. Now I know what you just said. Yeah, and our listeners at the tail end. <laughs> so with that, uh, hope fulfilled. This is a callback from a minute ago. Some hope. The uh, tr- uh, Bill O'Reilly, a sexual predator, and Donald Trump, a sexual predator, their ticket sales for their stadium tour of, of stadiums to do whatever they would do at stadiums uh, tickets aren't really selling for this. And so I find hope here because Donald Trump is, a as, uh, as Putin, as Vladimir Putin said in a recently released, uh, piece from the Kremlin said he is a, uh, unstable maniac, I believe. And, and Bill O'Reilly's sexual predator, they've both been, been accused of many sexual crimes. Bill O'Reilly was let go because of it from Fox News. So I love the idea that they're not selling tickets. I think that's fantastic. That makes me feel hope. Why would you pay to see these two people who are just uh, pretty bad dudes? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, man. That's why I love capitalism. People are choosing with their wallets and people are getting the message that nobody really wants to hear from these people or, you know, wherever these tickets are not selling, they can understand that's where their message is not gonna come across. 
So put out a better product, people. Yeah, there's because t- it says there's still a lot of tickets open. So if you want to go see this, I feel for you. If you want to go see Bad Bunny at the same arena in Orlando, it's sold out. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather be a Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. So with that, this has been another episode of The Hopeless Show. I'm Aaron Wolf, the Aaron Wolf on all social media, Hopeless, The Hopeless Show on all social media. He is Rohit. And Vohit for Rohit, letter V, number four. Uh, so Vohit for Rohit on all social channels. And we posed a lot of questions to you, the audience, so please give us feedback. We want to know what you think about all the topics that we discussed and the questions we asked you. And then next week we will be back with another episode. No one is going anywhere right now. We are staying right here, staying put. We're not wearing our masks. We're fighting for freedom. Yeah. USA. USA. And we... Yeah, and we missed you guys just as much as you missed us. So we're happy we're back, and we will see you next week for episode 54. When the world seems gold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show with Aaron and Rose.